Episode 22, this is the Khoisar Us Podcast. We are back. We've got the whole crew with us, back in the building. Ben's with us. Jesse's with us. Kim's with us. I'm your gracious host, Joel. Started watching the game yesterday <laughs> away at Marseille. And the first thing I said out loud to everybody that I was with was, I just want to hear this song <laughs> again. Please don't let this be the last time that glorious, glorious Champions League music. After everything that we did to get to the Champions League, it would have been a real shame. And it looked for a second like it might have been a real shame. But of course, Tottenham did, did what Tottenham does. 2-1 um, win on the road. A European away win. How about that? Uh Jesse, where do we start, man? I don't know if we want to start with the first half, if we want to start with the result. Um, I know there was a lot of banter going on last night after we finally won about how we we beat the Arsenal rejects and and um, all the Arsenal fans had to put their hate back in the drafts and delete them because uh, we wouldn't be joining them at Europa League. It feels good to still be in the Champions League, and now we get to say we're still in it for the next four months. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one good thing to to, to look at. And that, that is, I was looking up last year's, um, like the normal time, I feel like um, the uh, the round of 16 is obviously the, the, the final games, I think, are like in December. So not only like normally the last games of the group stage are in December. So we get to like, we're in the Champions League for like another four months, which is a nice thing. We don't have to think about the games. We just get the joy of thinking we're still in the Champions League, so it feels like a longer run because it started quickly. It was we had a lot of games in a short stretch, and then at fault we'll, that logic. Nope. We'll be a Champions League team throughout the entirety of the World Cup, which is which is great. But I want to start with what I what I sent in the chat the other day of just like the real big picture, right? Like especially looking at it, like Atletico freaking stunk in their group. They're not even going to Europa. Barcelona dropping down into Europa. And our group, like Marseille and Sporting, like Marseille is a, a big country team. They're they're in fourth place. Um, Juve uh, going down to, to Europa after a, a you know kind of a back and forth on the on the final day. So it's not some freaking birthright, especially for a club like our history and our size to get through the knockouts. Yes, we all thought. Yeah, and in me and even me, it was like, I mean, not even me. Obviously, me was like, yeah, we're definitely going to make it through. But it's still tough to get through. But here's the the bigger picture: is we we. We waltz through the group, right? It's all going to look the same waltz. in 25 years. It's going to be like, wow, Tottenham, top of the table once yeah. again. No surprises there. The final kick of the final game of the group. Decky played 47 minutes. Kane had a had one goal, which I believe was a penalty, and he missed a penalty, completely uncharacteristic. Sun had two goals, but they were both in one of the six games. He didn't score in any of the other games. Conte was suspended for the most important game of the of the stretch. Um, we got jammed by a classic, this is killing the game, VAR, freaking, you know, toenails and armpits that eventually, if you even looked at, if you stuck around with it and you saw that actually Kane wasn't offside because the defender next to him's foot was further ahead, yada, yada. We don't need to revisit that because ball don't lie at the end of it. Um, and my boy, Brian Heal, hasn't even been unlocked and unleashed yet. And <laughs> all of those things, like a lot of things conspired against Spurs, including Spurs spiring against Spurs. Oh, yeah. against themselves and we still top the table so there's joy to be taken in that there's joy to be getting to the knockout rounds it's definitely though though i think i saw the stat yesterday spurs have been in the knockouts five of the six times that they've been in champions league so it feels a little bit like a birthright to newer newish fans like us but it's not it's tough to get advance ask freaking juve fans ask atleti fans like it's not easy to get barcelona as well barcelona i mean with barcelona i think that's two years in a row barcelona didn't make it right so and it's not like and, – and there are other teams like, you know, uh, it'll be interesting. We'll obviously get into the, you know, who do we want to draw. And like you said, Club Bruges yesterday. Club Bruges had five freaking clean sheets in the Champions League. So, like, I don't know if I'm, like, knocking on that door and being like, hey, do you have some – because they're like, if we're like, if you, if we do you have some waffles for us, Bruges? They're like, yeah, we have some waffles and no <laughs> goals, though. No goals for your team for the entirety of – 180 minutes, maybe. Well, you know? let, let's actually jump there then, because we, we're through. Um, and the way that it works is if you win your group, then you have to play someone who finishes second in their group. We also can't play any other English teams in the round of 16. So our potential draws, which will be on Monday night, um, Club Bruges from Belgium, 
Inter Milan from Italy, AC Milan from Italy, RB Leipzig from Germany, Dortmund from Germany, and PSG, obviously, from France. Um, when you're looking at that group, is there anyone, Ben, that you're like, I want them or I definitely don't want them? What are we looking uh, for on Monday? It's hard not to pick Bruges there. It's the one you would want. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't – obviously, it would be good to stay away from PSG, even though they don't have a lot of Champions League success. Still never great to run into a juggernaut, although we seem to do okay with those guys, at least we've dispatched City especially. Um, but real quick, I do have to go back to the game, just be, just because it's like we've been – we talked about this earlier in the season, how bad we were in the first half and, and we would pick it up in the second half. These last four or five games have been like the same game on repeat with slightly different results, depending on what the very last, yeah, what happens at the very end. But it's fall behind by a goal early, uh, potentially give up a second goal on the other side of the half and then wait until the last 30 to 45 minutes or at least until we go behind to even start a playing. And it's so hard to tell if this is intentional or if it's just, somehow built into us where we cannot get going out of the gate. It's just bizarre. And it was the I same thought, thing with, with, without Conte last night too. So, I mean, yeah. it, it's hard to say. It really is. Like, are they just incapable of motivating themselves at the beginning of a match? Is it that they just think they can, to use Jesse's term, waltz through games? <laughs> are they ri- literally, you know, conserving energy as a tactic uh, for the long season? I know that there's been a lot of, you know, theories about that floating out there. I could see it, but it seems a little, seems like you're playing with fire. It's more than just a theory at this point because uh, Hugo, whether it's intentional and um, Conte has also said like, they don't have one. I just don't think they have the bodies to go crazy for 90 minutes in the way that they used to. So um, they have, but they don't have the, they don't have the desire to make rotations and and subs either. And that's not helping. (laughs) So I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, we are like, seeing more. I feel like we've seen more halftime subs in the last couple games than we've seen Conte do his entire That's true. Time He's not as happy with his front three now as he was, obviously. So yeah. now, now that without both Kulu and uh, Richarlison, he's been much more willing to make subs and switch between, you know, a 3-5-2 and a 3-4-3. So, yeah, I, I think, think like Conte doesn't mind us doing the whole conserve energy and but what he doesn't want us to do is give up goals. Like I think he would prefer for us not to give up goals, but I will say when we end up giving up a goal, especially when it seems to be kind of cheap, like the team decides, okay, now we're going to play. I really feel like the game starts when, when, when someone else scores on us at this point. But our inability to, to score when we want to makes that just <laughs> dangerous because we're not, you know, we're not talented enough at this point, at least we're not incisive enough on offense to know that we're going to be able to score at least two goals to, to go down a goal every game. So I just feel like that's where if we, if we knew we could just turn it on, just switch into top gear and just roll teams over. I think a lot of people would feel less. Uh, yeah. You know, City does so, that every once in a while. Right. They exactly. Somebody a goal early. And then it's like, Oh, Holland wanted to wait until the 30th to start his hat trick. Right. Uh, so I mean, it's here. It's, it's good. Obviously, our set pieces have been saving our asses a lot lately. It's good that we have at least some kind of dependable scoring, but that's not as as, as dependable as we were, you know, back during like poach era where we're going to score two, three, four goals a game. Uh, if, if we were on some kind of pace like that, I really would be a lot less concerned with our kind of sleepwalking to the first half. It's funny because I, I read a tweet yesterday that was saying that, you know, the way that we're playing now is almost the opposite of how we played on the Jose, which was to score early and then sit back on the back foot for the entire second half and hope that we don't concede um, with the goal of, you know, basically winning one nil every, every match. Now it feels like we're not even starting to play until the other team scores. Um, and then we, and then we push forward and actually try to win the game after we've already created a deficit. I don't particularly like either one of those titles, <laughs> um, but I prefer the one where we win at the end than uh, the one where we're giving up uh, an 87th minute <clears throat> a game tying or game winning goal to the opposition. So um, with that said, I mean, to, to Ben's point, I do feel like. And I got into a few arguments with people about this, but like it, it's hard for me to say that we're actually good. And because like we're getting the results, but it never feels convincing. 
Um, it feels like we're relying on these stoppage time winners um, against teams like Bournemouth um, that just we should be able to beat without the late game theatrics. And furthermore, I can't think of a complete performance that we've had all season outside of maybe the first game of the season when we beat Southampton. Um, it, it does feel like we've turned it on and we're, we're able to turn it on, which is a great thing. Um, but it doesn't feel like what you think a good team is supposed to look like because we, we never really play well for, for 90 minutes. And I, I don't know how to feel about that. Obviously I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm happy and excited about the fact that we won and that we topped the group and that we're moving on and that we get to be in champions league for four more months. Um, but I still have a lot of concerns about like actually how good we are. And it still feels when I'm going into every game, like I'm still nervous and I feel like we're going to lose. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very one of the we- strange space to be in right now. One of the weirder things uh, is that, so like you said, we haven't played great. We're not, we don't play consistently throughout games. Right. And a lot of that has been slow starts. There have been a couple games where we got on the front foot and then gave it up. I can the West Ham games really the only one I can think of off the top of my head like that. But to that point, we've been extremely consistent from game to game of slow starts of not playing complete games. There are other teams are like Liverpool is a good example, right? Where they I mean they lit up City and then they've looked really inconsistent otherwise. So we're, I would I would not describe us as a good team necessarily right now, but we're okay. <laughs> it's just that we're. No, I agree, but that's the thing, right? And it's like, oh, we won our Champions League group and we're third in the league, so we're good. And it's like, all right. Yeah. I mean, I I guess if the argument is that you're as good as what your our past says, games, sure. yeah, exactly. Our, um, our past but when games you watch the... the game, it doesn't look good. Um, even like yesterday, I think what was really frustrating. I mean, we were complete garbage in the first half, but like you said, this is consistent. And I and I was wondering, like, what is the actual game plan here? Because it did feel like we weren't playing out the back, which was nice because I don't like that either. But it did feel like we were just kind of hoofing the ball to them, um, playing over the midfield, but there was really nobody to collect the ball. And then when the ball did come to us, it would be like one header, lose the ball, um, one header, chest down, pass it, lose it. So it was like, is this intentional that we're just waiting for the other team to score? I don't think that's the plan, but it also just felt like we couldn't even string together two passes. What is like, I don't know what to make of that. There's still clearly a disconnect with the, with the midfield and the, and the attack. And even like that, it feels like there's a lot of times that there's almost three separate groups when we don't have a couple of key people in there, right? Decky connects the, the midfield to the attack better. Um, except when my boy Pierre starts to get forward, um, and, uh, but, you know, and then even the defense, if there's not, you know, if there's not like Romero back there, like he likes to kind of either hoof it and, and play some of that, um, what is it called? One line or one direction football. Ben said it several pods ago, route one, route one football, mm-hmm. but like, you know, Romero can, can connect the dots. It does feel a little bit like we're still kind of separated because we, we've been missing Dembele and Erickson are both. Dembele more of a unique player. Erickson very good, but less of a unique. Like there's there's a lot of guys that can do those kinds of things, but we've been missing those two guys since they left and haven't replaced, you know, much like that. And those were guys that also were were able to to connect the dots um, and attack and have a better, more attractive, flowing football. You're um, forgetting that we had Tanky and Dombele. What are you talking about, man? In theory, he was supposed to be a mix (laughs) of both of those, obviously, but. You know, I wonder too, the like best midfielder the mind, of, of the 21st century. Inside <laughs> the mind of Conte, like maybe, maybe this is a this not maybe this is a, a a a wild leap, but maybe he's like, okay, look, this is what I want to do. This is how we want to play against Southampton, right? We're going to be connecting things. We're going to be attacking all this stuff. Obviously, that's also optimal that everyone was healthy. I think, except maybe for Skip. So you had your your first choice team then. But this World Cup in the middle of the year, no manager has ever dealt with anything like that. No team has ever dealt with anything like that that's this disruptive to a regular schedule when you already have as congested and busy of a schedule as there is in English football. So I wonder also if there's kind of like, hey, look, I'm going to show you guys. This is what we're trying to do. But we can't do this every game for one reason or another. I don't want to run the guys in the ground. I don't trust the guys enough yet to be subbing in. Let's just get to 
the World Cup. Let's get to the, you know, the All-Star break, if it was the NBA or the MLB or something. Let's get to the World Cup break and be in in the mix for top four and maybe even with sh- in shouting distance of, of, a, of a title run. I don't think that's what's happening this year. But, like, let's be in the mix for top four. Let's get everybody through the World Cup, and then we can go a little bit more balls to the wall what I really want to do which is that more of that Southampton style of, of, of playing sort of towards the end of last season we had that nice run but we can't do that until we get through the World Cup because I don't want to run guys into the ground have them weak when they go to the World Cup have them get injured in the World Cup and then miss them down the road so I think the game plan is to purposefully give away possession in the first half I mean not that that's like obviously it's not like hey go guys go give up a goal but there might be something to like it, it's Just more sit back more if we're yeah if it's more effort if we're on the ball doing the stuff we need to do but they always say it's more effort ball. to they always talk about it be more effort when you're defending because you're running if around we're not you're not pressing as much as we have in the past I mean, that's true not we're, as much effort which is why it's painful to watch right <laughs> but i no, i mean i, so I again I, I think that so i think bad. that it's it's almost the same idea for the game as the season potentially, right? It's like the first half we're gonna half ass it, and then the second half is where we're gonna kick it into gear. To be fair, one thing again, as well as some of the other things you mentioned, just the rigorous schedule. But we've had a pretty pretty much an, an injury crisis, you know, especially losing again both Kulusevski and Richarlison um, to have two of our big four forwards, you know, have half of them out. Romero has missed how many games now this season? I mean it. Two of the the key players, like what Jesse was talking about, that I feel like link up play are Kulusevski linking between midfield and the forwards, even from the wing, and then Romero moving like his more progressive, like but he's he's the the most progressive, uh, you know, uh, defender. So having both those guys out at the same time, I feel like is is um, they're they're like the some of the last injuries you would pick on the team. You know what I mean? Like I would. I don't want to say who you'd want to be injured, but who, which players you'd rather be missing. I would rather be missing Sonny than Kulisevsky because of, of what he does in particular. Yeah. I, I mean, would... it's like a recipe. You can, you can make a dish without, you can make a grilled cheese. If you don't have American cheese, you can substitute another cheese. You can make a grilled cheese. If you don't have bread, you can make a, an English muffin or a bagel. You can't make a grilled cheese. If you don't have the bread and the cheese, and we've been missing the bread and the cheese. The two <laughs> that's guys, a, that's an episode name, right? Both of these things. <laughs> Bread and the cheese. You need a grill too. So wait, what's yeah, Harry Kane I, in this uh, metaphor? I haven't gotten that far yet, Ben. No, he's the right, butter. We'll, get, we'll get back to you. Oh, he's the butter. <laughs> like that. Yeah. He's the butter. Uh, he's the butter. <laughs> um, I think the thing about the first half that annoyed me the most is that, like, even when we did get the ball, like if we got it in their box, it wasn't like let me try to see what's in front of me. It was like straight hoof it. That's it. Like that's all we're gonna do. So it wasn't so even bad. trying to put together possession. And that's it what I'm asking. Like, to look what is the actual game plan here? Like, I don't understand what the plan is. I think was. that's what Jesse was just theorizing. And, and you guys are all kind of saying it. Kicking it long a lot in the first half. Less playing out of the back. Sitting deeper. on Like, have a, a deeper block. Um, maybe it really is just – it's not exactly giving them the ball. But it is conceding possession. Staying compact. And we know that this is – what plenty of teams do, especially, uh, you know, the Stokes of this world back in the day is they would defend deep until like the 70, 75th minute. And then they would only go for it in the last 10, 15 minutes. That's us, except for we do it as soon as we either get down a goal or maybe in the second half. That seems to be a little bit of our style this time. Just the theory that is that it's meant more to conserve energy rather than necessarily because that's the only way we feel we can win. Right. I mean, I guess. Uh, so the first half was garbage. All right. Um, then, you know, we 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 go into halftime. Uh, we're down a goal after a dubious corner call, which I guess went off of Ryan Sessegnon. The players seem to be arguing with the ref about whether it was a goal kick or a corner kick. And while they're spending time arguing, they take the corner and there's a free header on the back post. So there you go. And now we're down a goal that. That happens too much. Like I can like already name like two or three times that happened alone this season. I feel like it's something that we we do a lot of complaining when we feel like stuff doesn't go our way and then guys are not focused. Like it happened in that West Ham game where they got that it was like either a corner or a throw in and they move quickly. It's, it's basically like if if something doesn't go Spurs ways and you move quickly, you might score a goal. And that's just frustrating because it's just a matter of focus. Okay, you did not get the corner. Get in position and defend. Like that's it. And so I that's coaching I, though, right? I mean, 
It I is, but like I feel it, like I feel like that's ex- that's happened over multiple coaches. Well, wasn't there something uh, a couple of years ago? I feel like with I think it was Liverpool were known to con- to complain a lot about corners, and some team took advantage of it, and it was like a known thing. And I, I'm blanking on the specifics. I don't know if anybody remembers this, but Alexander Arnold took the quick corner in a oh, that's what it was. Oh, gets Barca take advantage it, against it gets Madrid or, or Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, one of the Spanish. One of the t- yeah. <laughs> So we we go into the half down a goal. Uh, we get a halftime substitution. Ryan Sessegnon out. Emerson Royale in, who was actually the second substitute of the game because Eve Basuma had come on earlier for Sonny in an injury. And after nine minutes, um, we get a delicious cross from Ivan Persich, which again, at the beginning of the season, we said this is why we're getting this guy. He's had a lot of defensive um, mistakes, and quite frankly, he's he's a little slower and probably a little bit off the pace more than we thought he was going to be, but he can still pass that ball and uh, tied the game and, and put us back in the running for a Champions League spot. At that point, um, we would have finished second and and we would have still proceeded on. After the goal goes in, I think is when the game, even before the goal goes in, but but it, Kim, if you could maybe just talk a little bit about like what happened in the second half. And really about that Emerson Royasa, because I do feel like him coming on, people were really upset at the, well, not upset, but people were really saying before the game started, if I see Emerson Royale in that starting lineup, I swear <laughs> to God. And he wasn't in the starting lineup, but he came on and did a job. And I, I, I felt like Sessegnon and Perisic on those wings were getting cooked. Um, when you have yeah. two wingbacks who neither one of them can defend, it's a problem. And I don't think, I'm not saying Sessegnon can't defend. I'm saying he didn't do a very good job defending yesterday. Um, and so I, I understood the the, the substitution. Um, what were your thoughts on on the second half and, and specifically uh, Royale coming on? So I think in the second half, we just we were just more intense. And I feel like we say this consistently that like guys were just trying to be on the ball and trying to make things happen guys were getting into tackles like there were multiple times where Basuma nicked the ball for somebody um Bentecourt did the same thing Hoiberg did the same thing so I felt like people just got into the game like they knew they had to score and the things that you need to do to score they started to do them and so I just felt like we put ourselves in a position I and I felt like as soon as halftime started you just tell there was a different level of energy in the team and even the commentators said that they're like Tottenham is actually looking they want to play this game so um it was definitely important for us to to get stuck in, to like get the ball, to look up and figure out where the gaps are to actually make passes. <laughs> and to me, that's just we didn't do any of that in the first half. Um, and we found ourselves. I don't know. I call, I'm at this point where I'm calling a set, set piece FC in the pub because. I was I saying like... the same thing yesterday. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> I was literally I'm... saying the same thing. That's so funny. <laughs> I feel like once we get, honestly, I feel like if we get like three set pieces, I kind of expect us to score one of those. Can you imagine how dangerous Theo and the F is for free kicks? (laughs) Can you imagine though, if if, uh, we actually get a a competent attack to go with that set piece magic? Like, I mean, we'll we'll be formidable if we could actually be a good team. (laughs) That would be good. Exactly. (laughs) That goes to your question earlier. That's what would make us good is to actually be able to attack uh, in the run of play or in the, uh, in open play versus uh, just set pieces. well, honestly, you see, like, uh, goals are coming from, like, all across this team now. And I, I think that's a good thing because, you know, for a long time, we, we've been reliant on Sun and Kane. And, like, Sun hasn't performed performing well in, in those years. Like, you just well, think about a lot of Don't forget our games, third best score own goal. <laughs> but a lot of those games we would lose. Like, if both Sonny and Kane didn't show up and they were playing 90 minutes, like. Yeah, it was you, done. You might not expect us to to get something done but having that you know extra level that we can get to just on set pieces and it's like if you get a free kick or a corner and Kane is impressive at winning um just like winning free kicks like there are multiple free kicks that he won and I I think like when it was all said and done he played really well because he put himself in positions to do good things um and so yeah I just felt like we we pushed up a little bit um when they got the ball we weren't just sitting and waiting for for them to pass it to the next person like we we tried to get the ball off them and i think when our team does that we're good <laughs> that's when i feel like we're a good team like when we're able to 
impart ourselves on the game and say like we're actually going to be here we're going to play this game we do well um and i i think across the board like it was the midfield really stepping up and saying like we're gonna we're gonna take over this game so i felt like which is going back to just sorry but just going back to this is which is why i think it shows that it has to be a, a strategy right because i remember Mourinho saying this too that it wasn't his decision for the players to sit back but then why would he let them? Why would he not be yelling at them constantly right. in at the end of the games? And then same thing with Kanta. You can see him yelling constantly. But they would they would be so on them to get up and press. That's one of the easiest instructions probably to yell at your team, you know? It feels like Mourinho is always looking for a scapegoat, though, that nothing was ever his yeah, fault. Definitely Kante that. takes ownership <laughs> of some things more often. Still, he still has like this is that's not what I said. Like that's not what the plan was, but Kanta at least own something Mourinho literally yeah no you know has never never done anything wrong in Mourinho's eyes yeah I so I felt like the first half it was a bunch of like passive pressing and then in the second half we were actively pressing and I think that to me was just like the big difference well that's where you have to have to bring up Bentoncourt too because he's he I feel like he's looked better and better over these last few games he uh his pressing is is one I feel like he's almost leading the pressing with that with Decky out because Decky was another really good presser um, and then he, I mean, was chipped in with a couple goals. He's actually gotten forward and really crucial goals too. So I would have to say that he's been, I don't know. He's, he's been one of our more consistent players for the last month. At the beginning of the season, I was thinking about, you know, picking up a shirt from this year. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know whose shirt I want to get. I was thinking about Kulisevsky. I said, you know what, let me wait a little bit Let, let's see how the season plays out a bit and let me and then i'll kind of make my decision from there and and right now um bentaker is definitely in the lead um he's 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 been my favorite player to watch so far this season yeah um, i think I, I think i agree with that Since i think Kula's even been before out, yeah. he was scoring goals uh, the, him scoring goals makes it even better um right. cherry on the top but like yeah i i just i love the grace that he plays with um he just has a certain um, calmness that he brings to our midfield that has been mostly missing. Um, and I think like, just- I still can't believe that we got Decky and him during a January maintenance window for cut rate prices. I mean, that was the thing I saw this like, that's uh, insane. On, on Spurs, Twitter or Reddit or something of just like um, rejects the Juve rejects in the champions league. Still the actual, the team they were rejected from out Barcelona is just like, yeah, you can have long We don't freaking want him Barcelona out. Um, and long like continuing on. So, you know, that's got to feel a little bit extra special for uh, for those few guys in, in particular. With a game like this, obviously, um, you don't want a 1-1 draw with 10 minutes to go. But, of course, that's exactly where we leave ourselves with uh, the entire future of the group on a nice edge. Um, if we score, we win the group. If we can close out the draw, we finish second. And if somehow they score, then we're out of the Champions League. And so, <laughs> of course, the last 10 minutes is just absolutely insane. Um, you get Marseille makes a bunch of substitutes, one of which is uh, Kolasinac, the, one of the, the many Arsenal rejects on this team. Um, Hoybier has a shot in the box that bounces off the top bar in the 81st minute. And then that Kolasinac miss that comes in the 87th which that one gets like the nelson laugh from the simpsons former arsenal missing a wide open goal when that ball that ball was such a delicious cross and um under was really good last night i was really impressed by him um but that ball that he sent in was just oh just on a platter all you got to do is put your head on it and we are probably done and i have no idea how you missed that but man the coach, the Marseille's coach, the, I had the exact same look he on my face it. that he, he had it. because I was my heart stopped. I was like, oh, oh, oh. and then I, and then I just didn't see the net Russell. I was like, oh my god, he missed! Oh my god! No, that was oh honestly that was delicious. Like it, it doesn't get any better than playing a team full of not just Arsenal but like West Ham rejects and like mostly Arsenal. So like to. To, to see them fall on their faces is like to see him not get that immediately I was like now we just need to score because 
if you miss that kind of chance, like we just need to score. And so for like the last like five minutes, I was just like, guys, get in the box, like try and score. Like we and we got a couple of chances. Where and we I got don't think scored. we would have tried to score if that goal didn't open up for us at the very yeah. end of the game. We we yeah. would have been content to to dribble over to the corner flag. Um, but it did feel like the same way, like a game like this. I always felt like you have to score twice, um, especially after they score first, right? Like there's, you're just leaving too much to chance um, to have the game play out the way that it did. And all it takes, as we saw, like all it takes is, is, is one great cross or one defensive mistake and we would have been out, but that's, that didn't happen. So um, hopefully there's a lesson learned. I don't think that there probably was, <laughs> but um, hey, man, we get to party for the next four months. So I guess all's well yeah. that ends well. But I do just want to talk about the move that um, Pierre had, like the move that set up the one that hit the crossbar was actually really, really nice. Like it was Benson like, came. Yeah, yeah, like it it was just that's Love where that I look guy. at the team and I'm like if you guys can do stuff like this, we need to do it more often because it just like in immediately like cut Marseille apart like a couple of passes and they were boom. I mean and, the funny part and, about like, that is is Benson Kerr gets that ball right on the uh baseline that and plays the ball into the box. This is probably 2 or 3 minutes after he had been laying on the ground rubbing his hamstring. It looked like he was going to come off then. He almost lays up a, a delicious uh, assist that the ball doesn't go in. And then <laughs> and then we see the same thing with Pierre towards the end of the game um, where it looks like he needs to come off. I was screaming when they finally took off Lucas Mora, who had a complete stinker yesterday, by the way. <laughs> I don't even want to get into the it. But evergreen I, I'm, statement at this point. I'm completely done with Luke's But For him to get subbed off for most of the, the game, certainly the second half. But by the time we get to the last five minutes, I'm like, all right, we've got, we're playing with 10 men right now. Pierre's on one leg. He's the one that needs to get subbed off. We finally sub off Lucas in the 86th minimum. What the hell are we doing? Take off the guy that can't walk. And of course he scores the winner. Um, like he doesn't just score it he get goes on a run to score that goal like it was you can tell like he just had the the want to to like yeah. score he was like i'm going to like i'm gonna get in the box and i'm gonna try to do something because and that's just the kind of like mentality that i think hoiberg has that just i don't think many other people on this team would have been like I kind of just hurt my ankle, but I'm going to bust it and make this run to try to put this ball in the desire. net. And the finish was just phenomenal. Like, that's a that's a finish a striker makes. Like, he just put himself in a position to succeed, and he did. It was a really like, ridiculous finish. Yeah. Like, I was like, can't say enough about what he's been to this team. Like, at this point, I think it's like five goals and three assists this season, which is like, whoa. Yeah, like, like at this point, mm-hmm. like, I, I've I've not been the biggest Pierre fan, but at this point, it's undeniable. Like, you kind of just have to – he's good. <laughs> we have a good midfielder on our hands, um, and I think all of the, eh, I'm not sure about him, maybe we can – but it's like, if he keeps playing like this, then I think he has to be one of the first names on the team sheet every week. I think it's, We're it's just because all of the coaches that he's had do that anyway. Right. I think I that's think because, because the style be of play though. about it. Just the, the reason why fans don't seem to, he's kind of a divisive player. I think must literally be about what it physically looks like to watch. Oh, him it's, run it's 100% play, about right? He's not all smooth like Dembele. He doesn't have the flash of Erickson making a bunch of free kicks you know, he, he, yeah, he seems workmanlike, but that his production is more than that. I mean, my, that's my point. Like if, if he's going to keep producing goals and assists at the rate that he's doing it now, then the style of play doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> like it's, it's not like he's just, and it's not even style. It's defensive met, center, uh, midfield player that he was, that he was when we first had him under Jose, like he's kind of doing more than he was back then. So absolutely. At this point, you got to just kind of, admit that he's good (laughs) it's the aesthetic that he doesn't i guess just that thing where he doesn't look like a graceful athlete necessarily and that aesthetic is to some people an eye test of whether or not he's actually a good player 
It's does he look like he should be a good player? You know what I mean? Well, you know, I think that's a good segue because we did talk about this a little bit earlier about like how good are Spurs. Um, And I think we all kind of agree that we're not that great right now. Um, So I'd be interested to hear where you guys are on the triangle because we actually haven't talked about that in in the past few weeks. And um, for those of you that are new to the program, the, the Tottenham triangle is a running joke amongst Tottenham fans that we start to believe again first. And then the second stage is getting our hopes up. And then the third stage is getting disappointed. And then the cycle continues. So are, are we disappointed? Are we starting to believe or are our hopes officially up? Yeah, I mean, the, the I don't think I'm all the way at the hopes up because we, we have a we obviously a, a matchup we're staring down with um, with Poole, who have been decidedly mid table this year. But, you know, who knows what will happen that they've gotten up against uh, larger, you know, bigger opponents, um, but uh, but fallen flat against some of the worst teams in the league. So we'll see. But, yeah, I think I'm still pretty close to the to the game. that hopes up. I was just looking at the schedule. It looks like we've got three matches left before um world cup and while the upside of the world cup break is that we have four months to still be alive in the champions league we're going to have one month where international breaks are already tough if you go in on a little bit of a of a down of a downstroke um international break could be really difficult when it's a world cup six week long break if we if we don't like i'm gonna just assume we're gonna not beat liverpool because we've we've beaten them once in like the last six years I'd be thrilled with a draw, but like, let's handle business against Nottingham and, uh, and Leeds. And I will be at tippity top of the triangle heading in to watch Kane and the boys make a run to bring football home. I'm probably around the same place. I think I'm starting to believe again. Um, was pretty disappointed after the United and, and Newcastle losses. Um, but I think, It's tricky because I think watching the performances, particularly the 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 crappy first halves that we have every single time out, um, it makes you disappointed and it makes you yell and curse at the TV and it makes you feel like my team sucks. <laughs> like I, I don't like watching them play this way every first half. It's not fun. Um, and and waiting until the ninety fifth minute to win games is great. When you get to celebrate the win, but I was gonna it, say, especially when the losses start it's painful coming, right? is all hell for the entirety of the game that you're actually watching it. Um, and so like it it's a very weird place to be in because like I said, we're getting the results, but watching the team doesn't feel as good as as you might like it to be. And so, you know, sports is a results-based business. We're getting the results, and so I guess in theory I should be happy, but you still want to enjoy watching the 90 minutes of the game. So I don't know. I'm in a weird space where I am starting to believe again, but I am still a little bit disappointed because of the gameplay itself. I mean, I, I think that again, I'm I'm pretty much in the same spot. It's hard to be overly optimistic about it just because of the, uh, you know, what, you know, the, the way we played, the way we've looked that, it, that it's been so, boring and not fun to watch in the first half and just not convincing again not 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 convincing of being a not good convincing yeah so uh but the good thing as jesse already alluded to uh we've all talked about this is the results have still gone our way by and large there's been a couple unlucky ones or not even unlucky i don't know i don't know what the word would be for it but a couple more that could have gone our way but didn't um <clears throat> but the fact that we're sitting where we are at this stage of the season with you know on the, on the cusp of a large break that again is is a completely new thing we've never seen before we who knows how the second seat like i was just noticing that as jesse said there are three games left before the break the middle one is a carabao cup game and i get it they need to squeeze games in whenever they can but really they did they're going to do just the first round of that one tournament before uh, then the world cup and then they're going to take the carabao cup up uh, I mean, you know, I, I think at this point they're just trying to fit in games wherever. They exactly, are. they um, they, they literally the have FA to do Cup two weeks for for the lower league teams is actually starting this week as well. Right, um, we're not going to have to see that until I think the third round, fifth round, third round, um, right. or yeah, fifth, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, like they're they're squeezing them in because even if you look at like the championship and the League One teams, they're also playing like twice a week. Right, <laughs> so everything yeah. is really nuts right now. Yeah. Right. Well, so my my main confidence, though, derives just from the fact that 
fingers crossed, but we're going to be healthier after the World Cup and that some of our key injured players are going to come back and that that might also coincide with bringing in some new signings in January. And if we can get anywhere close to what we did last January, which to my mind is, I mean, just by far the most successful January Spurs have ever had. And I'm trying to think of any player ever moving to a team that I can think of that were as impactful both in that, you know, second half of that first season, because usually it takes players a little bit of time to bet in, but then have continued to be impactful other than obviously Decky's injury there. So getting, getting those players back plus reinforcements, my optimism is based off of a theoretical thing, but in theory, we should be a lot better than we are right now. And if you, if, our, if we keep our fairly stingy defense um, and our set piece play, we're, we'll be pretty dangerous. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm optimistic, but like I said, it's looking kind of pretty far in the distance now since we have this, this big gap coming up. Yeah. I'm in the same, like, like we're all in the same spot. Um, you know, starting to believe again. I I see like a lot of things from the team, but I also see stuff that sort of bothers me. And I think part of it is just tactics. We decide to sit back or whatever. So like, that's the kind of stuff that bothers me. And it kind of feels like this is like a Jekyll and Hyde team, like where there are times where you get just such good stuff that you're like, if, if we just played the way we played in the second half for 70 minutes, <laughs> I will feel so much better about this team. Because they're just like Marseille could not deal with us in that second half. Like there were multiple chances, like their goalkeeper had to make. Like there was that 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 cross that Emerson put in that King could have got his he tripped over his feet and he couldn't get to it. There was the Benton core cross that came in that the goalkeeper just got in front of. So it was just, you know, there were there were moments that we could have scored more goals than we actually did. Um, so you you get some sort of um, optimism from that stuff. So I do think like there is, and when you look at it yesterday, three of our four main attackers were missing from the game. Like having that kind of stuff happen, it's like, yeah, um, injuries matter, but we've like done a good job at just like dealing with injuries. Like in the years past, if we would have lost this many people up front, we would be in trouble. So like we did a good job at like insulating our team from some of these things, but we still have a, a lot of work to do with getting our team to a place where we feel confident that when guys go down, we just have someone that can come in and, and do that. So it's like replacing the Lucas Moores of the world in this team will just make us better <laughs> because we, we know when, when someone's not available, we have someone that can come off the bench and actually produce and do good things on the pitch. And so very true, actually. Think about it. we're complaining about Lucas, but he was a regular starter for what two, three years. I mean, yes. we're just now getting to that point, but uh, he uh, he's not playing nearly as much as he used to before all these injuries. This is the Coys R Us podcast. Some pronounce it as Coys R Us, which I think is fine as well. Um, you can find us on all of the major streaming sites. Um, please like us, please subscribe. Please like us. <laughs> That's funny. Please subscribe <laughs> and share. Like Jeb Bush. Yeah. Please, yeah, please, please. I just want you to like us. Um, tell your friends who are Spurs fans and, and tell your friends who aren't Spurs fans. They might like it too. You can also follow us on Twitter at Coys R Us Podcast. That's C-O-Y-S-R-U-S. Okay. okay. Looking ahead, ahead to Sunday, we've got a big matchup. Primetime matchup. This is probably, I think it's going to be the last game of the weekend, probably. Um, 1130 Eastern time, which I think is probably going to be 430 local. Um, Liverpool at home. Um, as Jesse mentioned, this is not a team that we've had a ton of success against, but Liverpool are not playing great football right now. Um, a lot of us probably feel like this is going to be a Dr. Tottenham situation. Um, but Liverpool has been they've been Dr. Liverpool for most of the first half of the season. Um, we're now about a third into the season with 13 games played, and uh, they have been dropping points to the likes of uh, Nottingham Forest. I, I don't know what to feel about this. This this does worry me, not so much because of their form, which has been poor, um, but I think we have a lot of injuries to deal with. Romero is doing the Romero thing where he um, 
hobbles around until he can go play for Argentina, which we've seen him do pretty much every international break. Sonny broke his face yesterday, uh, so he's going to be out for a while. Um, we've also got Richarlison and Kulisevsky still hurt. And I'm also even a little concerned about uh, Hoybier and Bentenker, which which who both seem to pick up some knocks um, last night in a must-win game. So I am assuming, and I guess we'll see how the rest of the week plays out, but we could be significantly hobbled going into Sunday's matchup. Um, and I think that's going to limit our options, not only in terms of starters, but who we can bring out on the bench. And so, yeah, I, I'm not feeling super great about that game. It is at home. So I feel a little bit better than I would uh, if, if we were playing at Anfield. But I don't think you can play against guys like Mo Salah and, and Diogo Jota playing the first half. Well, I will say Diogo Jota played. is injured. Oh, he's, oh, he's so injured as well. One person that's right. we don't yeah. have to worry about. Luis um, Diaz is also injured. Um, Joel Matip is injured. Kanate is doubtful. Um, Darwin. So they're Nunez knocked up a little doubtful. bit too. So yeah, I, I I was looking at the injuries here, and yeah, there's uh there's quite a few on their side too. So I think um in that sense uh it'll be like Salah and maybe Nunez and Firmino that we really really probably would have to worry about. Um, and he always seems to have a meal against. Hopefully us Trent too. plays because you know he's food. So <laughs> well, so is Perisic. So I <laughs> mean. Um, he had a good. He had he had a very important block yesterday. I will say that he did he put himself he did. in very very good position. It was so. it was Ben Davis esque. Yes, um, <laughs> this feels like a loss for me. Um, I know I I really shouldn't say that after everything that happened last night. Um, but I I just I don't know how they're going to be able to get up for it again. Um, I I do think we'll go on and and be able to beat the teams that we have after that, which are Leeds and Forest, but. Uh, for Sunday, I'm gonna say Liverpool wins two two nil. It's hard to hard to be positive for this one, even with Liverpool how how uh, much trouble they've had over the you know the course of the season so far. But I'm also I'm trying to remember Jesse. You're always the one looking this stuff up. So what do you, do you know what our record is against Liverpool over the last couple seasons? I, I, had I feel it, like I we've looked this up a lot of times, and then I get sad every time to, to look it up. But we—I we, thought we've we drawn with them a couple times. We drew twice in the league. We, we've only won once in like six years, and it was a game that doesn't surprise, surprise conference, me. and I miss him. We just blew him out four-one, but we drew them twice in the league last year, I believe. Right? Or yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So we've we've split the points with them before, but um, but it's we haven't beaten them. I think in like five years. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I would love to, to to win, but I I think I would take a draw just because either even though Liverpool has looked terrible so far, not terrible, but they haven't looked very good. Um, but it's they it's still Liverpool. So until they have a, you know a more um, of a track record of being as poor as they've been, I'm not going to take them lightly. And I think that our current strategy of just not showing up for the first half of the game, we would will get ripped apart by Liverpool. So I'm thinking th th this is what I think was that the second game against them last year was like that, right? Like a back and forth uh, or they jump out to a lead. I, I think remember. we drew Liverpool twice last year, home and away. It was 2-2 two -two December 19th and 1-1 one -one on May 7th. Yeah, so that, yeah. Okay, I'm probably thinking of the 2-2 two -two then. Because I think that they got out to a lead and then we scored both the goals after that. But uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Point being uh, is that, I don't have faith in us because of our approach to the, the game. And I think sitting back against Liverpool is dangerous. You have to kind of take it to a team like that a little bit. Um, like City, for instance, seems to be more susceptible on the counter, at least over the past you know few times that we've played them. Whereas Liverpool just seems to really uh, like just kind of outpower other teams with their counter pressing. So they we have a harder time countering against them. Um, so... Yeah, I guess I'm I'm going to go 2-2 two, two, just because I have a hard time picking against Spurs at home, and we do have a history of drawing with Poole, so let's do 2-2. Two, two. I'm also going to go 2-2. Two, two. Let me just read this these last several results for you. We've beaten them one time since March 10th, 2013. Um, Woof. I'll start, 
I'll start. You don't have to do that. You're going to, you're going to do that to our seven listeners out there. I mean, just, (laughs) just, just so we know, like to set expectations, obviously I'm the optimist, but even my most optimistic thing is, is a draw because, uh, so looks like around Thanksgiving, 2012, we beat them two one since then it was loss, 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 draw, 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 loss, loss, win, draw, Loss, 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 draw, draw. So Sheesh. again, draw is an improvement against them as as that's what I'm saying. Yeah, dominated us. Like I'd those two draws last draw. season felt like wins. Yeah, I don't really actually want to know the answer to this question, but how does that compare with their record against Chelsea? Well, <laughs> we'll just let that hang out there. But, that's uh... for another pot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> See, Liverpool is so down that I just want to like kick them while they're down, but. I'm gonna be. It's a great realistic. idea. They should do and, it. And I'm gonna be draw. realistic. <laughs> hey, you know me. I am. I try not to be too high or too low about anything. But, um, yeah. So I'm gonna same thing. I was thinking two two because I think like we both can score. Um, Liverpool has given up like in multiple games, multiple goals. So I can see us definitely getting a few. Um, so yeah, I'll go two two, but. Honestly, I really do hope that, um, you know, some of the guys that are uh, hurt or had a knock, uh, it ends up being less serious than we think it is. So, like, I hope, like, PH and um, both um, PH and um, Benton Core, like, you know, find their way to be <laughs> to be healthy. Um, well, I did hear I that they were was... getting uh, Wednesday and Thursday off. So maybe that'll give them some extra time to rest. Yeah, and I I think Kulisevsky is actually back to training, maybe, is what I heard today. So, um, or I might be thinking about something else. I I feel like I'm mixing up my Knicks and my uh, Spurs injuries at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm just hoping that um, you know, you know, we're at home. The last time we played at home wasn't so good, but I'm hoping for better things. Hoping for better things. That's all you can do, Kim. Come on, you Spurs. Boys, 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 boys. Come on.